outro all of these things. What it? I didn't even realize. I hope that like there's I can edit this where it's just not like super awkward. <laughs> just like <laughs> mic drop. Holy shit. Um, I hate the face. Still does it anyways. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, this is the awkward portion. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do I introduce the podcast? Right. Okay. So we're gonna get right into it. your host. I am talking about my life journey and the amazing people that I've been lucky enough to meet along the way and they've been here to inspire me and motivate me and pick me up when I've just fallen and really don't want to get up. One of the special people that I have today is Eliza Antonio or Valentino. Yeah I mean not legally but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She's married now um she i've known her since we were three. Oh my god yeah i think so um i've known her since we were three i met her when we went swimming, swimming lessons yeah <laughs> i think yeah we were three right yeah, i think so. yeah and then i've known her in and out i she you've been in and in and out of my life since yeah then, which is kind of crazy and then full circle here we yeah. are yeah. living in the same city yeah pretty cool um so welcome Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, thank you. Also, plug, because I love her <laughs> and Sandy's uh, Naked Tongues podcast. It's yeah. on Spotify and everywhere you listen to podcasts, guys, should listen to it. It's great. Yeah, it's a fun time. Um, we'll be talking about mental health because she is going back to school for it. Also, mm-hmm. because I ask her a lot of <laughs> questions about my own mental health and my life in general. So yeah. I thought she'd be perfect for um, this topic. Cool. It's an honor. Yeah. And let's start with what is mental health? What does it mean to no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, mental health, a lot of people I find are very loose with the term. Um, but it's pretty much just a way of, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess not measuring, but it's the level of somebody's psychological well-being. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. same as physical health, like where are you on the scale of physical health same yeah. thing where are you on the level of mental health but it's mostly about people's psychological well-being yeah. yeah do you think that the reason why people don't really take it seriously is because it's so loose in definition i think so and i think it's definitely a learning experience in our day and age now because more people are talking about it and i don't i don't want to be like crass about it but like i feel a lot of people are normalizing it, it yes. not in the best way. Yeah. Um, where people are saying they have anxiety, but really that's not anxiety, that's just fear. Yeah. You yeah. know? Um, like I they're mean, using it as an excuse almost. Yes. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you have real anxiety, which me and Belle both do, yeah. <laughs> um, you'll know what that really feels like and, like, um, how that how you have to handle it through
throughout your daily life too like that's anxiety not just fear yeah um so i think that's why sometimes it's hard for people to talk about it especially for people that really have anxiety because of how normalized it is if if somebody brings it up they're like oh you're being so extra like relax yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and you're like yeah. no I, I actually suffer with yeah. anxiety it's a real thing like i'm going through stuff yeah and not just i don't want to say simple fears but not just simple daily fears like these yeah. are things that people with anxiety kind of go through a rabbit hole of overthinking everything oh yeah yeah right and um yeah sometimes i think that's why it's so hard to talk about and maybe that's why people with anxieties don't want to talk about it because yep. people will almost gaslight them to say yes. it's just a fear yeah right and and those are the things we're all learning about now it's like what's gaslighting what's yeah. the you know what are microaggressions what are like all these different terminologies that people aren't used to people just think anxiety is anxiety yeah <laughs> that's it yeah but yeah no it, and it's cool because like now in this day and age i feel like people are talking about it more but yeah. i hope that people will continue talking about it in a proper in the proper context yeah like give a little bit more like intelligence mm-hmm. or it's not intelligence sorry like educational background yes to it. and i mean in the day and age of google everybody is a doctor right yeah. so everybody yeah. like diagnoses themselves like oh i have depression or oh, I have anxiety, or, oh, I have a personality disorder, or whatever, and you're like, I don't know, I think you're just not reflecting on who you are as a person. Yeah, 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 yeah. you're trying to steer away from that, and, like, not doing inner work. You're trying to justify your bad behavior. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot. Yeah. That's why it's like, when you brought up this topic, I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to rant for so long, because there's so much to talk about. Do you think that's because we... And I don't want to say suffer because it's such a strong word. Yeah. But it can be debilitating. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that's why we so easily rant about stuff like this? Because we know, we go through it and then we hear all sides of it too. Yeah. I mean, and also saying rant is like reducing our thoughts and experiences to something that's like not important, I guess. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say... Like I'm... People with anxiety talk a lot. I mean, yes. whether it's to themselves or <laughs> yeah, yeah. to people. But um, like how we were talking about earlier, I think that's a, almost a superpower if you want to think of it that way of anxiety because you have this ability to see things from different sides depending on what kind of anxiety you suffer from. Yeah. Because a lot of people that also suffer from depression are very one-track-minded and they only see themselves in the center of all the problems. So yeah. that's what you know kind of fuels their depression because they think they're the only one going through it nobody can understand um i feel like us with anxiety i i don't want to say it's a it stems from insecurity because i don't necessarily think think it's true yeah um but i think it can fuel insecurity that's for sure oh absolutely if you have insecurities and then anxiety on top of that it will definitely amplify it um I'm steering away from the question, but I'm like trying to remember what the question is, but this is another thing. You just like ran. I know. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, you basically told us what you thought with mental, what mental health is. So yeah. Um, so on that nice segue back into the questions, um, what would you say the difference is between mental health and emotional intelligence? Yeah. Okay. So I mean, emotional intelligence. If you are a well-rounded person and 
you want to say you're emotionally intelligent, you would be able to identify emotions in yourself, okay. learn how to control them, learn how to manage and regulate them, but also be able to identify emotions in other people. Okay. Um, so I find that some people say that they're emotionally intelligent because they know, you know, what triggers them to be upset, um, what makes them happy, blah, blah, blah. But the other side of it is recognizing recognizing that in other people right and i think some people forget that aspect like you in relationships like a conversation like this i need to be able to read your cues like yeah are you feeling uncomfortable with what i'm saying um do you understand what i'm saying like are you getting triggered by something i'm saying and that's also a level of emotional intelligence is recognizing and being empathetic to another person yeah and i think maybe that's what's making it a little bit hard for people to hold on to genuine relationships because they know how they work but they're not recognizing how other people work yes right and you're missing that empathy yeah. aspect yes of just like understanding another person yeah um and how you become emotionally intelligent i really can't say like and i like scoured through textbooks and you know they have these different theories about certain things and it's still a very up in the air topic because some people can experience go through traumatic experiences and come out being highly emotionally intelligent right some people can go through the same experience and not be yeah. emotionally intelligent right yeah. like I, so it's so hard to say um how you get there yeah um i don't know but i think maybe the biggest thing is just reflecting on it taking the time to think and reflect yeah on situations and maybe some people aren't afforded that that luxury to have time to think yeah but um yeah that to me that's what emotional intelligence is i mean there's obviously like wikipedia definitions of it but in in like explaining it to a three-year-old emotional intelligence yeah okay um so let let's say a three-year-old punches a kid in the face okay. right yeah instead of screaming at the kid right ask him why he did it oh yeah right and if he would be upset if that other person punched him in the face. Right. So you're getting the child to recognize why he did it, what, what he's feeling. Yeah. Um, and then putting himself in the other person's shoes. Yeah. Right? Because sometimes people only are experience. Well, as humans, we only experience the world through our own eyes. Yes. But there are moments that you can take to try to put yourself in the other person's shoes. If it was happening to you, how would you feel? Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably the easiest way to teach a three-year-old about reflecting and being emotionally intelligent because right. they can sit there and be like, yeah, why did I punch this kid in the face? Yeah. You know, and sometimes three-year-olds will just be like, because he made me mad. Yeah, okay, yeah. so what did he do that yeah. made you mad, right? Yeah. Um, and sometimes we forget that three-year-olds can have that conversation. Yeah. And we yeah. treat them like that you, you're not going to understand what I'm saying. But, I mean, they're pretty good. Yeah. They're, kids are smart. <laughs> yeah, it's very simple to them. They're like, well, this kid, yeah. like, took my toy, and it made me very mad. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, true. Yeah. Right, like, but I don't punch him, him in the face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't react that way, Because that would hurt, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, so, I have a question now, mm -hmm. because, so you mentioned that emotional intelligence isn't just about understanding your emotions, mm -hmm. but also someone else's. Right. If your mental health Actually, wait, let me go back. <laughs> what is the difference between self-awareness and emotional intelligence? 
I think they go hand in hand. I think a lot of the topics or a lot of the terms we're probably going to touch on are pretty intersectional. Like a lot of things don't work without the other. Okay. Um, Self-awareness, I think, would touch more on emotional intelligence on yourself. Right. Versus another person. Right. You may be completely self-aware. You know how, you know, you know what triggers you, you know what makes you happy. Um, you know your traumatic experiences that you know created your anxieties you've taken that time to understand that you're self-aware enough to know when you're exhausted or you're burning out right um, so you know a lot about yourself right um, but to be emotionally intelligent you have to know about another person another person yeah shit I feel triggered <laughs> I'm immediately like I'm not emotionally intelligent yeah no I feel like and that's the thing too I find with a lot of these because we're able to put these words to certain behaviors Mm -hmm. a lot of people are like oh my god maybe I'm not like yeah right and you start to question it but as long as you take enough time to reflect on each experience you go through yeah um I feel like you you might be more aware of other people than you think right um like you're not just trying to hurt people or like you know navigate through the world by yourself without caring about how another person feels the fact that you can make a decision and then say oh wait but how would so and so feel about it that's emotional intelligence and the idea to wrap around that people don't normally do that yeah. It's actually something I'm learning so much about. Yeah. Because you just think that how you navigate through the world, everybody navigates yes. through the world like that, right? Yes. And you think like, how do you not think about other yeah, people? Yeah. Like, how are you not considerate? And it's it's mind blowing when you start to um be befriend people and realize that they're not considerate. Yeah. But they're not doing it purposely, I guess. Like, not to hurt you. Yeah. yeah. And you're just like yeah that's so bizarre and then and then it brings up conversation when you're like you bring it up and the person is so oblivious to it yeah because they've never had to pardon my language but give a fuck about anybody else right so that's why i think emotional intelligence is so um i wouldn't say rare but it's so hard to pinpoint a person that's like that yeah yeah because we're all so busy just trying to survive and yeah. do our own thing and then you have to constantly wonder if you're narcissistic yeah. or if you're just being confident or yeah yeah it's we're living i wish it was such like an easy simple way to like navigate through the world but it there really isn't yeah like in black mirror where they have the yeah. things like on the head <laughs> it's, emotional yeah it's not that easy maybe in our world western culture world it's not that easy to navigate through yeah maybe in other Um, countries and cultures it might be a little bit easier because they have um, a simpler foundation but because our western culture is filled with so many different religions and different cultures yeah it's really hard to pinpoint what our foundation of beliefs are yeah so i think that's why we're all fucking confused all the time (laughs) yeah no i totally get that i totally get that it's it's funny because like i keep having these questions that i want to ask and then you'll say something and i'm like oh, no, i want to ask that question <laughs> um so i i have an, it i want to see what your perspective is on this because mental health is super important to being emotionally intelligent right 
um, what if you're kind of fucked up in the head? And, you know, like, you, you had <laughs> mentioned, you know, some people don't have emotional intelligence. And mm-hmm. it's really hard to understand whether or not someone does. And if they do something that's kind of hurtful to you, you don't know if that's on purpose. Because mm-hmm. they might not be aware of what they're doing. Right. What if they are aware of what they're doing? Because they are highly emotionally intelligent, but they're super fucked up. So they're like manipulative. Yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, to put a label. Because they know on what it. they're doing, yes. yet they're still doing. Yes. How do you deal with somebody? Yeah. Like that? Because now they're just they know what you're feeling. Oh, okay. Right. I get what you mean. You've had this conversation with them. You've told them how you felt. Yes. So now they know, but they still continue. Yes. I mean... And they think they're fine because they're super fucked up in the head. <laughs> I mean, how do you deal with a person like that? I mean, it, it, it would definitely touch on boundaries, Ooh. for one, which I think not a lot of people are good at, or creating healthy boundaries, even. Yeah. Um, so, for instance, like, let's be honest, you might find somebody in your family who reacts to things this way, yeah. right? It's very hard to just cut them completely out of your life. Yeah. I wish it was that easy. And some people that I've spoken to have done that. They've completely cut, like, an auntie out of their life. Don't talk to them. Wow. Don't associate with them. Don't talk to their kids, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, I mean, you also have to identify your threshold for boundaries, too. Right. Um, for me, how I would handle or have actually handled that, which I have, um, it comes to the point of repetition and how many times you want to repeat yourself. Oh, yeah. Right? And that also comes with being self-aware. Like, how how much of repeating myself can I handle? Yeah. And when I get to a certain point, what what is my exit plan? Oh, interesting. Right? And um, I've gotten into conversations with people where I'm just like, you just did not hear anything I said. Yeah. So I'm very good at repeating myself. Yeah. I'm like that girl that, like writes emails and as per my last email yeah, yeah. <laughs> right and i do that in life where i'd be like oh i don't know if you remembered yeah but i said this blah blah just in case you did it here it is again yeah right and i do that and i don't i honestly personally don't know how I, the other person has ever received it yeah um i find that in this case how you're saying this person continues to do it i've had it happen to me um where i've said what I had to say so they know how I felt. They reacted to it pretty well, accepted it, apologized, whatever. Mm-hmm. And good for a certain amount of times, and then it goes all the way back, uh, right? It yeah. happens all over again. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, you're really not listening to what I'm saying. Yeah. And it just comes to the point of repetition. And I've had good outcomes in that, where I've had family members that I'd have to repeat myself and just be like, listen, We've talked about this several times, yeah. and I've told you what I've had to say, uh, and that's part of my boundaries too. I like I'm very detailed, yes, in how I am when I yes. speak to people. Yes, where I'm just like we've spoken about this several times. I've told you what I felt. Yeah, you've taken it, and here we are again having the same conversation. Yeah, so it's just either you're not listening to me or you're not respecting what I'm saying. Yes. Right? And sometimes, unfortunately, you have to say that to people. And some people may take it wrong. Yeah. And some people may be okay with it. And you kind of have to, 
I don't know, take that chance or take that risk for your own mental health. You don't want to have to keep repeating yourself and making yourself feel crazy Yeah. for saying oh, it over and God. over again, yeah. you know? So you have to, that is part of creating a boundary is almost having your script of reciting, listen, this is what I said last time, da 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 we're back here again, we're having the same conversation. Yeah. I don't want to have to repeat myself, yeah. but this is what it is. Sometimes people forget, right? And you have to remind them, but I have yet to completely cut somebody out of my life for it. Oh, okay. Um, only because, like, a lot of the people that are still in my life that I talk to come to me for counsel. Oh, okay. And I feel like that just comes with it. Sometimes they'll repeat themselves over and over again. Yeah. Not realizing that you're not a therapist on the other end. You're actually a human being and like a friend or a family member. Yeah. But they treat me like a therapist. Yeah. You know, and yeah. they forget. So you just repeat yourself. But I mean, that does come with boundaries. That's the only way I can probably say to handle somebody that's like that is say it one time. Yeah. Keep that script and just say, <laughs> Remember that time that I said blah, blah, blah. Okay, we're back here again. Yeah. And I'm probably going to repeat myself, but maybe you need to hear it again. And yeah, just acknowledge what what your threshold is for repeating yourself. Yeah. Because you don't also want to go like 15 years saying the same thing over and over and over again. <sighs> yeah. But sometimes people do need to be reminded. And I also don't like the idea of like this cancel culture that we have. You yeah. Know? Like somebody makes a mistake and you're like, nope, you're not, I'm done. That's an unhealthy boundary to have. Yes. And people don't realize that. They think yeah. boundaries are boundaries. No, there's healthy boundaries because that's not how the world is. You need to be able to navigate through people that you don't agree with. Yeah. Um, and learn how to manage that. And I think along with what you're talking about, somebody who is manipulative, you also have to almost take them with a grain of salt. Like, oh, I, I'm identifying right now. You're doing this whole, like, reverse psychology shit. Yeah, yeah. So you don't indulge in it, and you're like, okay, cool, and you let it bounce off you, and I, I wish I could explain how to do that, yeah. but I don't know if it's just, like, years of um, being surrounded by toxic people that, oh. like, allowed me to just, like, do one of those, like, where you just nod your head. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, the nodding mm-hmm, thing. Okay, yeah. Yeah. and you let it bounce off you. Um, but <laughs> No, I, it is hard, because it also depends on who that person is in your life. Yeah. Because it could yeah. be anybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly enough. It could be a parent, for all you know. Like, how do you cut out your parents? Yeah. Yeah. Right? I like that you said um, that, like, you brought up cancel culture and having cut someone off is unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of people, like you said, a lot of people would think, well, a boundary is when you do something wrong or someone does something wrong to you and you put your foot down and you cut them out. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had that experience, but I'm also the type of person who is too forgiving sometimes <laughs> yeah um and i'm just like oh, i'll just keep doing this we'll have this conversation yeah. over again and then at some point i'm just like i don't understand why you're still here <laughs> <laughs> you know like well, why are you choosing to be in my life and it's not even i'm choosing to let yeah. them be in it i'm like you're still here. you're still here. <laughs> you're, you're sticking you're not around. getting the message yeah, yeah um so i do have the, the the question i have with that though is like you mentioned threshold yeah um, what if when you're having a conversation and you do the repetition over and over and over mm-hmm. again, right? And their response is the same mm-hmm. and they don't change, mm-hmm. right? But they, but also they don't do anything, is yeah, right? The, 
what what like what do you do then i think it's proper to cancel the person <laughs> and i think it's like to have um an exit strategy like what exactly are you going to say and knowing like this is the last time i'm going to repeat myself yeah this is what i'm saying if it keeps happening again just know that i'm probably not going to answer your text messages or i'm not going to answer your phone call yeah and I maybe don't want to say that people need to be threatened because I wouldn't really use that as a threaten. Yeah. Th- like a, a threat. But um, it's it's so weird that sometimes you have to talk to people like they're a fucking child. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But unfortunately, some people are like that. And you do have to bring up like, okay, well, I've repeated myself several times. Yeah. Um, I don't think you're understanding what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to repeat myself one more time. Yeah. And if this happens again, then I'm probably not going to answer your text message. So don't don't be weirded out if you don't hear from me. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think some people feel the need to justify their actions and explain everything. Yes. And some people don't. Yeah. And that is definitely up to you as a person. I can totally relate to you saying that like you're a very forgiving person. And so am I. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know if this has happened to you, but because I was a forgiving person, I started to resent those people. Yes. Right? And I was resenting... So I want to word this properly. So I was resenting them and acting like the victim in it, yet I was still interacting with those people. Yes. So it's pretty simple. Just don't react. Don't, don't interact with that person anymore. Yeah. Um, because there is that saying where you, you you are allowing a person to be a thief because you're you're letting them come in and take out take oh. away your happiness, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You're letting them do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that also comes with uh, there's like the Course of Miracles has this saying of um, and, and this touches on being self-aware and self-care and all that kind of stuff with having your cup full yep. and whatever runs over is for them and whatever's in your cup is oh, for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Um, because if you continue to allow people into your life and just taking from an empty cup, you're creating the thief. You're, yeah. You're letting them do that. And I think maybe that's something people are having trouble with handling in this day and age is accountability yeah. for their yes. own you know their own pain yeah obviously there are situations that you know like rape and all that kind of stuff you you can't it's not that you can't control that but that that was put upon you not by choice yes right but there are obviously um interactions between people that you can control how you respond to it yeah um and i don't know if I've just been really good at ignoring people. <laughs> but that I that's I don't know. I'm pretty good at laughing people off. Like I've had friends who talk to me like, "How do you talk to somebody who's narcissistic? Like, how do you have a conversation uh, with them?" And like, honestly, they're the most entertaining person yeah, yeah. in the world to talk to because you're like, "Wow, you really think like you're the shit." Yeah. Like okay. almighty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I don't know. I just I enjoy to- sounds really bad i enjoy toying with people that are like that and you're like oh really yeah oh my god tell me more how is that oh no way i never knew that and that's what gets me by and that's definitely what's helped with my anxiety is like learning to almost humor certain people that i can't stand yeah 
right? And instead of getting bothered by them so much, you just kind of question like, why am I bothered by this person so much? Yeah. Like, why is the why does their opinion bother me so much? Yeah. Um, and I think that's a question people don't really take ask. the chance to yeah. ask themselves. Like, yeah. why am I bothered by this person? Yeah. Um, but that that definitely would help with being emotionally intelligent too. Is like, why? Yeah. Why am I so upset? Right? And like how yeah. you were saying, you you have recognized that you're a very forgiving person. So that's why you're upset because you're yeah. forgiving them and they're coming into your life and you're like, fuck, I did it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And so, you feel it and you see it. Yeah. yeah. And and that's something else that I was talking, uh, like kind of when I was looking through the briefing of questions, I was ta- thinking about boundaries because there's healthy boundaries, there's toxic boundaries. A lot of people are really good at pointing out what they don't like. Yeah. but aren't good at recognizing what they do like. Yeah. So they'll create a boundary with a friend in terms of something they don't like, but then that also cuts them off to the opportunity of um, enjoying something that they do like about that person. Yeah. Um, and maybe not understanding that certain friends are meant for certain things. Yes, right? Ah, oh, that's huge. Um, and I have only ever learned that fairly recently when I was maybe putting too much pressure on certain friends to be like everything for me. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, we're just party friends. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Like, at least we both understand that and yeah. that's fine. Um, we, like, I'm not getting upset because you're, you're not there for me emotionally. Maybe you don't understand how I am emotionally and that's fine. Yeah. Um, so even those are boundaries you can create around people too. Not yeah. everybody is going to be everything for you. Somebody may be manipulative in the way they talk to you and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to put you in this box yeah. just for my mental health and I'll just talk to you about certain things. Yeah. And that is what it is. And I think that comes with age too because you start to learn people more. Yeah. What they really like. Yeah. You know, and you're not in just high school talking about high school things yes. that everybody is going through. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it comes definitely comes with age for yeah. sure. Age and experience and reflecting yeah reflecting is a huge thing I definitely think um, that I think people need to recognize that more and and not feel bad about it when you start realizing that (laughs) I need to put boundaries and some people just are like my work friends or some people are like friends that I don't really talk to friends because they're bad for me but they're still friends yeah kind of thing yeah Um, like do you think that's why there's such a huge stigma on mental health and emotional intelligence and being self-aware is because um, you feel like people feel bad yeah when they start putting boundaries and yeah. people start like falling out of their lives and they're like is it me yeah um, stigma around speaking about it um, I don't know if it's just in the place that I am with my life right now, but I've been talking about it a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I don't personally feel a stigma. I may have now, in hindsight, thinking about it when I was younger and the things that I was going through, and I was talking to nobody about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's definitely a stigma. And I, I think it has to do with living in this negatively blind world. Like, we want to pretend that bad things aren't happening in the world, and that makes us feel comfortable. Yeah. Nobody wants to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like creating boundaries around people and this probably sounds like listening to this podcast you're probably gonna be fucking confused more confused than ever yeah but so many things no yeah and life you also have to understand that life is just very um subjective Mm -hmm. you know and 
everybody has a different perception of the world you can all experience one thing and take completely different experiences from it yeah um so i mean in terms of boundaries and cutting people off and why it's awkward for people to talk about self-awareness and all that kind of stuff is they just i think a lot more people would rather be distracted no yeah. you know yeah no I and that's that i think that's just the truth i love to be distracted i would love to not see bad things happening in the world and like not pay attention to things that bother me or why am i upset or why do i feel this way and just look at feel good things but when you think about it as a uh in a way of looking at our society through technology compared to a whole generation that never experienced it before yeah um that's where it's like what's the term a double-edged sword i guess technology is great but it's also not the best right um and i think that has increased the stigma even more because now people are maybe recognizing things in themselves that they didn't yeah right and so everybody feels kind of naked yes so they would rather just pay attention to other things and not themselves yeah so i think that's what's creating the stigma as much as we keep pushing like mental health awareness month and um bell let's talk yeah. you know like and they and that's great but um it seems like those are just tools after the fact we're not doing any prevention stuff yeah we're doing more let's fix it after it's happened yeah right the whole bell let's talk situation is not a prevention thing that's like this kid already has depression and anxiety yeah. let's have a conversation but what exactly are we doing to to dissolve the stigma? Nothing. Yeah. We're just there to fix it after it's already ha- like after the the bad things have already happened. Yeah. Um, we're not implementing like anything in school systems on how like you know emotional etiquette. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and. Um, or be a good human being yeah like how to be a good human being you know and maybe like hit them when they're kids at that point you know like yeah talk about it then when they're a kid and um maybe i don't and honestly i don't know because i'm not a teacher but i would hope that teachers that are teaching younger kids maybe set certain rules for their classroom yeah you know so that kids can learn how to respect certain rules and certain boundaries um and maybe have a better way of implementing empathy into kids like yeah. understanding the kids in your classroom as a community you're not just navigating through the classroom by yourself you yes. know yep. and there is like the whole um idea behind certain people growing up in like a collectivist culture and western culture is more in a, of a individualistic culture yes um and i mean us being filipino we i've in the Philippines we're a very collectivist culture yes we are um, that everything each person does impacts the entire family yes um, and yes of course there is bad that comes with that but there's also good things that come from that yeah. we become far more um, caring about a community and mm. yeah just like a little bit more empathetic than most people would absolutely. be absolutely um, but obviously there are the cons in that like if, if you only implement that into a person then they're never going to look towards their own individual aspirations yeah. they're only going to think about what works best for the community so there is i don't know that idea of a balance like i don't know it's so hard like the stigma it is there and 
I think it's always going to be there. You, you really? I, I really think so. Oh. Only because I don't think enough people are genuinely talking about it. Oh, okay. I think, um, well, I mean, I could be wrong and maybe just looking in, in the wrong places to hear conversations about it. But um, if you're looking at it from, like, I don't know, a YouTube perspective or, like, you know, where kids get their actual information from, I don't think people are talking about it in a very genuine in a very genuine way I feel like it's almost glorified yeah yeah I can you see know? that and so because we don't have that balance of like genuine conversations about it and then you have people that are normalizing it yeah um, I think there's always going to be a stigma of some sort but I don't think that stops having the conversation yeah um, I think the fact that we have mental health awareness months is like a good start yeah probably in our lifetime we might not see you know the stigma go away maybe eventually it will but yeah i mean in my lifetime i'm pretty sure it's still gonna be around yeah, yeah. no i agree <laughs> and i think the, the 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 thing that makes me sad to know because of the stigma it starts from like you said like in schools mm -hmm. but i think a huge responsibility too is with who you grew up with yes right and it's not just your parents mm -hmm. it's your friends it's the environment that you were put into and then chose, chose to stay yeah. into yeah um so i think you know like i i have some friends who are very open about mental health mm -hmm. um and are relatively self-aware yeah uh, <laughs> and and i have some friends who are just like like you said it, when i am going through really bad anxiety attacks or mm -hmm. um attacks a lot of them will just say you know it's fine get up like you know <laughs> yeah. um or i'd have friends who think you know coming over and like telling me we're gonna go party now is helping helping me. right yeah. it's like oh you just need this no no i don't need yeah. you coming into my space <laughs> in this very moment yeah and making me feel better like yeah. that's just not how it works mm -hmm. um and then i also think that because of those same environments those people who don't really understand or want to understand mental health and emotional intelligence um it's because when they try to talk about it with people that they want to be supportive like their parents mm -hmm. or you know your best friend or even your significant other mm -hmm. they're not yeah and that's when it becomes scary yeah right yeah because then you look at your life and you're like who are these people in my life that can't talk to me about those yeah things? no i i definitely I can relate to that for sure like um, I mean it yeah it definitely depends on your environment I can't say that I lived in a family that really spoke about emotions I don't think we really did to be honest yeah um, same. we kind of just navigated through life but g growing up I was very I think just naturally obsessed with human behavior yeah so I really paid attention to people's emotions and stuff like that I feel like it's like the luck of the draw like yeah I don't it <sighs> yeah and, and it's so touching on you talking about like your friends that come in and they 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 go oh uh, you should just do this yeah. when you're having a situation. It's just also understanding, like, 
we don't always have to fix things. Yes. You know, you kind of just have to let people go through it. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe that's where we're all missing the mark is we're not asking enough questions. Yes. We're just like telling people what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And not being like, well, how do you feel? What do you need? What would you want me to do? Yes. And sometimes it's just like, I just want you to sit here yeah. in silence with me. Yeah. You know, or yeah and sometimes honestly when i have really bad anxiety attacks all i really need is like my husband to like hug me yeah because it it, Um, it feels nice it feels nice and it naturally suppresses your nervous system right so it stops you from going into overdrive yeah um so that's i guess like if you're listening and you have anxiety sometimes that's all you need yeah um gravity blankets are amazing oh my god yeah weighted yeah sometimes it's those things and it also depends how you how it stemmed from when you were a kid like what is your um what is your attachment what was your attachment processing when you were a kid yeah how were your parents when how did your parents handle you as a child yeah were they absent were they there was their love conditional was it unconditional right and it stems to a lot of those things and um i think it's enough to I don't want to make people think that they have to like give themselves therapy but it's enough to try and like understand your childhood as much as you can so go to therapy yeah so go to therapy um for me it helped listening to interviews watching interviews of people documentaries that's what made me feel less alone um, you may not be privileged enough to have friends that will talk to you about mental health, yeah. right? But if you do, that's amazing. That's that's your group. That's your community yeah. to talk to about it. And I think also some friends do need to respect where they stand in those kind of situations, right? Like if you have friends that can't or don't know how to help you, yeah, for them to stand back and be like, okay, I understand you're having a fucking panic attack. Yeah. I will leave you alone. That's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. And... I mean, that's emotional intelligence. Understanding somebody's going through something you can't help them with. Yes. And you don't have to fix it all the time um, is very important. Yeah. I think in a friendship, too. Like, I was like that. Like, girlfriends would come to me to vent, and I would not... They just wanted to vent. Yeah. They just wanted to say whatever they had to say, and I was always trying to sit there and fix it because I felt like you're coming to me to fix it, right? Yeah. Yeah, Um, same. Where, honestly, they were just coming to just talk shit yeah okay that's what you need me for cool yeah um but that's where where boundaries come into play if you don't talk to your friends and tell them what your boundaries are then you're kind of going nowhere with it yeah yeah no i i i completely agree with that and i think that's the thing that i'm very interested to understand because i have trouble telling people when like if I'm having an anxiety attack or I'm feeling just really sad and someone asks well what do you need mm-hmm. I, don't I don't know, know. <laughs> yeah, I'm what, not sure what am I supposed to tell you yeah. right like I'm feeling really sad today and then if they ask why I don't know yeah right and and sometimes it's it, like I wish emotional intelligence was something that was we were born with mm-hmm. because at that point it would almost be like, for me, I've learned that if, if I say I don't know because I don't know why I'm sad yeah, or why I'm going through an anxiety attack, right? That If that person goes, you know what? I, I don't know how that feels. Yeah. And you don't know what you want. Mm-hmm. So I may need to, like, just 
take, take a, step a step back. back. Yeah. Right? And and I would rather you do that than, <laughs> oh my God, like, 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 let me get you a glass of water. Do you need food? Are you hungry? <laughs> Fucking stop asking me yeah. questions maybe is the first thing, you know? And, yeah. and I also think that a lot of people see saying, I don't know, because of the fixing mindset mm-hmm. is a bad thing to yeah. say. It's yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes just you don't know. Like, yeah. You just feel sad. Sometimes you just... There are days when I'm like, I really just need a good cry. Yes. So I'll like turn on a movie or like watch. I don't know when Ellen gives away money to a family in need. Like yeah. I just need a really good cry. And because we're in such a hypersensitive world with a lot of... No, I don't think enough people look at Instagram as like trauma porn. Yeah. You see so many bad things on Instagram. And because they're so quick, you don't think that they um, do anything to you psychologically. But they do. Yeah. Um, we're in a time that we can see several people get shot very graphically. Mm-hmm. Um, and you maybe have never seen it in person. But you've seen it enough times on Instagram yeah. that a week later you all of a sudden feel so distraught and yeah. you don't know what it is. But not realizing that it probably was something that triggered you a week ago on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so it's funny when you're like saying that I don't know. I feel like there's far more people that really don't know why they feel sad. Yes. And I could probably say it's your Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Easily enough. But that it's okay to not know. Like we all go through cycles of emotions yeah um not everything is so deep yes sometimes you just i don't know you feel a little low yeah yeah that's just how it is and like um your body runs on hormones it runs on chemicals and sometimes things aren't leveled out and you just need something especially like there's so much that has gone through like if you're like us and you're in your 30s and you've gone through enough years on this earth that your life has run its course with certain things so there's certain hormones that aren't there as strongly as they once were you drink enough coffee you're gonna be you know maybe pissed off a couple hours a day when you you know your caffeine's low your energy's low so there's a lot that's going on and that that stems back to like understanding um self-care and like mental health is taking care of those things because those actually are detrimental to your everyday life if you are constantly you know addicted to caffeine and then when you don't have it you're a tyrant yeah you know yeah yeah. <laughs> so, yeah yeah sometimes you're sad and you really don't know it could be the video you watched a week ago or something yeah and that it's okay to not know and i think that's maybe not enough people are hearing that it's okay to not know yeah so they always want to fix everything yeah you don't need to know everything no just be gentle on yourselves. Yeah. Guys, come on. Yeah. Um, I think it's 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 really interesting to me to have so a conversation with you, mm-hmm. for example, is, is really easy because um you're a girl. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> and I think it's it's funny how there's such a significant difference between females and males and mm-hmm. accepting and understanding like mental health overall and mm-hmm. even the words emotional intelligence girls are like oh what is that and guys yeah. are just like emotional what now yeah <laughs> like, i have to be smart about something about feelings or something so i just i'm wondering like why do you think that's a thing that guys and girls have different like interests in mental health i or mean like- I, I don't even know if it's an is it an interest or like is it just 
it's just not there yeah, for them. like they just don't they don't i don't want to say they don't care because i yeah. know guys have feelings yeah yeah um it's just it's so fucking difficult yeah to get them to say anything about how they're feeling or what they're thinking yeah. i mean i'm sure there's a couple factors to it like societal norms are an easy villain in all of it right yeah. like you never um see them making it okay for guys to be emotional um how they're portrayed in the media if you're super emotional you must be gay oh, you know yeah, like yeah. those kinds of things and yeah. um those definitely that definitely plays a role also in your upbringing a lot of males will you know teach guys not to cry and whatever yeah so i feel like you're right they they do have emotions i just don't think they know what those emotions are and how to even pinpoint what exactly they're feeling like is it anger or is it is it anger or is it i don't know what's a what's something else that they could be feeling other than anger um or is it jealousy yeah you know and um i think that's another thing about being emotionally intelligent is that there are more than like five emotions yeah. you know like yeah. jealousy is not the same as envy yeah um like and i don't think guys are ever given the opportunity to learn that way yeah um especially from other guys yes right like yeah it's easy for us to talk about this because we're girls so you're just like yeah you probably know what i'm talking about yeah, yeah um yeah. talking to a guy about it they're just like why are you talking to me like i'm a child like <laughs> like i don't know yeah and it's like, like well do you, you know do? yeah you know. don't <laughs> but i think that that's what it is too and you wonder like i've i've had to talk to kevin about it and like what do you and the guys even talk about yeah like, do you guys even talk about certain things and, or do you talk yeah yeah, and, yeah and for the most part they're like no we don't really talk about that kind of stuff i'm like why not yeah like the, those like emotions and stuff like that especially at a certain age you should be talking about you should be understanding um but yeah, I think societal norms bring uh, play a huge role in that. Um, and just the fact that just in our society, we hold such outdated ideas of what makes a man and what makes a woman. Yeah. Um, and then we're in such an interesting time of trans women and trans men. And so we're like, hold on. Like, are you emotionally in tune as a woman or as a man? Like, And, and it's really like blurring the lines of everything and yeah. making everybody realize that a human is a human and as soon as we start realizing that i feel like we're, we're going to find more men that are in tune with their emotions yeah when we just start treating them as people yeah and not yeah. as like a specific thing yeah um yeah i mean i feel like that's the only way to really look at it if you like i mean scientifically i'm sure there's a lot of different answers um but i think also you can't really treat it as a gender thing too I mean, there's some girls that aren't. It's true. Emotionally yeah, yeah. intelligent. Like, aren't I don't really know what feelings are. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it, I will agree. There is a majority of men that don't really understand. Yeah. And I think it has to do with societal, societal norms for sure. It's just the pressure that they feel yeah. to be a certain way, like yeah. being masculine and strong or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just the also like, so for instance, thinking about what role models are. Who are your child's role models? as a male is it all males or is there some females in there yeah. right as a female is there males in there and is there females in there you kind of want to under like make sure that there is a balance of it too especially if you have a son yeah. to have some women female roles role models right and yeah. i think that maybe would play a 
play a, make a huge difference in how a guy grows up too yeah is seeing those things or, yeah yeah I don't know there's so many factors to that I wish I had a specific answer but it, it that would be I think that would be fairly reckless to say that there is a very specific reason why guys and girls are not on the same page because every guy and girl is different in each culture and each country yeah some countries I bet you there are guys that are super emotional and the girls are not it's true yeah no right? that's a good point so in our western culture it definitely is societal norms 100% yeah just the way we're built yeah yeah I can see that mm-hmm. yeah and girls just like to like, like you said in, in, in a society or our culture mm-hmm. girls are just we talk a lot yeah yeah and we talk more about i honestly i think there's a lot more that happens to us than that happens to guys oh interesting okay yeah i know that <laughs> there's a sense. lot that we have to go through that guys don't even think about right? yeah like we're getting into all the different movements that have happened in our lifetime right like the me yeah. too movement and talking about what harassment really is yeah you know and yeah. there's even moments when we talk about like i was talking to Kevin the other day about something I saw on Instagram in terms of understand what harassment is and that for girls we discredit like catcalling as harassment but that is harassment it's verbal harassment oh shit right and and certain ways that maybe um an authority figure that's a male you know grazes your arm or puts his hand on your shoulder or like yeah. pats your head you know like those are forms of discrimination and harassment but we discredit them because it's not as bad as rape yeah right but it's all the same and we go through that more than men go through oh absolutely and so i think the fact that we go through a lot more things has us paying attention to how we feel like more of our emotions are being played with on a daily basis yeah where guys feel a little bit more comfortable as they walk through the world yeah right but we are a lot more uncomfortable in many spaces than guys are yeah that could also be another thing i don't know yeah like we're constantly on high alert almost. yeah yeah and, and that's what allows us to pay attention to our emotions like and to pay attention to our instincts like when you walk by and you feel like this sudden i don't know this sudden like your heart's beating really fast yeah you're just you have that instinct of like something's going to happen yeah like, i know something's gonna happen guys don't have to do that because they're most of the time pretty comfortable yeah like women's intuition mm-hmm. that makes sense that's a real thing guys um what do you so i i think talking about this it's easy for us because we go through what we go through um you know we're in our 30s we've had the experiences and everything do you think there's anything that um well i mean what is what's what's made it easier for you to talk about mental health um hmm because this feels very casual. Like, does any really, you know, like, I mean, I get triggered, obviously, but, like, it's like talking about the weather kind of thing for us. What has made it easier? Um, I think, okay, so, backstory to me, my dad was an alcoholic and a drug addict. Okay. So, throughout our childhood, I think that was also the reason why emotions weren't spoken about, because we didn't have time. You know what I mean? Like, okay. your family's going through something. We're just trying to survive and tr- just trying to make it through. Right. Um, it wasn't until... How many years? Have I have been here for six years. So, he became fully clean and has been clean in 2016. 
Oh, wow. So he's always been on and off, but fairly on, more on than off. Okay. So I think when that chapter came to an end, it was almost like this sigh of relief, like, now I feel like I can talk about it because it's done. Right, like a refocus. Yeah, and like, now I can pay attention to the traumas and how I felt and um, make sense of who I am as a person and why I'm this way, you know? And it was just like a whole sense of reflecting and also moving away is what helped me a lot in talking about mental health because I removed myself from the toxic environment. Yeah. Um, and I think that's also a, a big thing people need to realize too. You can't you can't get better in the place you got sick. Yeah. Right? And um, so removing yourself, whether it's moving to another province like I did, yeah. or moving out of your home, yeah. or surrounding yourself by a certain type of type of people for the majority of your day yeah. helps. And I think that's what's made it so casual for me is I removed myself from from the environment mm-hmm. um, and surrounded myself with people that unknowingly kind of went through very similar traumatic childhoods and it and being in that again you feel like you're very much alone so you don't talk about it to people right yeah and it I think it just was like the perfect storm for me um, it ending at a certain age me moving at a certain age um, me exposing myself to different types of people who have been through it. Being in a bigger city, you have a higher chance of meeting people that have been through something you've been through. Yeah. So it was the perfect storm, and like all these different things happened to me at the right time that made it a little bit easier for me to talk about. And then on top of that, everybody in the world talking about mental health, you know? Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, like I'm at this age, and like being introduced into meditation and like to actually be reflecting on yourself and that it's okay to be thinking about yourself and all that kind of stuff so I think that's why maybe it's a little casual for me to talk about it probably it never was um and it wasn't until I think it was 20 yeah only 20 it's 2020 now but it wasn't until like 2017 that I started talking to my girlfriends about what was going on yeah um and they were like in shock they were like i never knew that your family was going through all that stuff and i'm like yeah well you don't really like talk talk about it it." yeah yeah right and so it wasn't until i started telling people that were in my life what had happened um all those years that made it a little bit easier to talk about mental health yeah um but yeah it's it's definitely those those freeing behaviors i think that you kind of have to go through in order to allow yourself to be able to talk about mental health not everybody is at that space right like i've had friends who i know something happened to them i know something traumatic happened to them yeah because we talk about certain things and i'm like you're asking a lot of questions that like i think something happened to you and maybe you're not comfortable talking about it but i'll keep talking to a person about certain things and i'll open up more with my conversation so they feel more comfortable yeah but um yeah i think it's just opening up and finding more people that are just willing to talk about stuff yeah and i think also going to group therapy helps yeah you know and just hearing other people talk about mental health and traumatic childhoods and stuff like that that allow you to not normalize it but allow you to to understand that your story is normal yes um and that you're not gonna get looked at as like a freak yeah or that like you're lacking yeah or that you're being extra by talking about it like oh it's not that bad 
Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, but that's my truth, yeah. you know, and I should be able to talk about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think those are definite big things that made it a little bit easier to talk about mental health, I think. And then on top of that, going into school and, like, reading on childhood development and um, relating it to my life and being like, oh, this is why I'm this way. Okay, yeah. you know, and, and just making sense of things yeah. helps you talk about mental health. There's some people who do go through feeling depressed but they haven't connected the dots yet as to why they feel depressed yeah and maybe they're in privileged in a privileged position so they feel like they shouldn't yes feel depressed yes. like they're like oh i'm taking this for granted mm-hmm. yeah and to understand that depression and and mental health issues doesn't discriminate it's yeah anybody yeah you you might be like the richest family in the world and still have depression and still be bipolar still be schizophrenic like all those things happen yeah um and it's not until i find that the people that are public figures and the most watched and the most listened to actually talk about those things that it the stigma will still be there yeah so i think that's why another thing as to why i think it's always going to be there yeah because i don't think enough people like I think one of the biggest ones that um, came out of it, I think it might have been like Michelle Obama who was talking about uh, postpartum depression. Oh. I think it was her that was talking about it. Or she had exposed something in terms of like her going through depression and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and it's stories like that that you need to hear from people in power, right? Because we have this weird idea that all those people in powerful positions or that have money don't go through those things yeah but they do yeah like probably a lot heavier than than we do yeah absolutely because they have so much more on their plates and responsibilities and it doesn't like mental health challenges don't choose certain people Mm -mm. you'll you'll feel it you'll get it you'll go through it if you're gonna go through it Mm -hmm. um i think it's really brave that you shared that part about your life mm-hmm. and I think I think that's that's one of the I, I, I wonder if that's one of the things that um, I don't want to say people like us but individuals <laughs> who have sure. mental health challenges always have to preface why we have a mental health right challenge. you have to explain yourself yeah. <laughs> like do you feel like whenever you tell someone oh I have anxiety because da 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 in my childhood because I find that I have I don't have to but I mm-hmm. feel like I, I would be more accepted if I were to say oh because my childhood I mean mm-hmm. I'm not saying it sucked but I went through things yeah. in my childhood of course um, that I now understand through therapy that created what it is that I'm going through right. now do I feel like I need to justify I don't know it depends because funny enough I think I personally put myself in the position of having to justify my anxiety because okay, this might be like a really confusing thing. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna try and list it out. So because of my anxiety, I had always tried to put my my um, portray myself as this perfect human being. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um, I did that to myself. I have to understand that I did that to myself. My anxiety is assisted with that for sure. Um, and so people in my life had always been like, oh, you have no problems in your life. Yeah. Everything's great. Yeah. Good for you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it wasn't until I started talking about it that people were like, wow, you're human. 
<laughs> you have you you know you went through something you made mistakes so i honestly for anxiety sake it depends on what con like who you're explaining yourself to yeah are you explaining yourself to some stranger on the street and telling him that you have anxiety or are you explaining yourself to people that actually mean something to your life and i think there's there's one aspect of explaining and there's one aspect of just having somebody understand you a little bit better or being a bit more vulnerable right like yeah telling somebody you have anxiety and then telling them why you have anxiety that's a piece of vulnerability that not a lot of people exercise right yeah. so i don't think that's even explaining it when you're doing that for a group of friends or um somebody who's close to you if you're dating somebody and you're explaining it to them that's yeah. a form of vulnerability i don't think that's having to justify it do i feel like i have to justify it with people no <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just like I just have a lot of anxiety about this, and I'll see what they say. And if they're just like, "Why?" Well, if you really want to know, then I start talking about it. Yeah. Um, but I think I have enough people in my life that kind of understand my anxieties or like know my story that I don't feel like I have to justify it for everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I've always like I've never asked my girlfriends like, "Do you guys even notice my anxiety?" Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, because some people can perceive it as something else. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, your anxiety is like, okay, you're overbearing. Relax. Yeah, yeah. You know, or yeah. you're a control freak. Yes. Relax. Yeah. But it, it is anxiety because we, there's a tendency of the unknown, or like, we, there's the unknown. So yeah. So we have the tendency of like, if I can control as much as I can control, yeah. then we're good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I don't feel like I have to justify it to people that don't really need to know just I have anxiety if you want to ask why you need to take on the responsibility of listening to the whole fucking story then (laughs) yeah yeah you're gonna have to hear the whole thing yeah I think I think that's kind of in in a weird way that's anxiety has taught me to choose the people in my life yes um because I'm not just like oh here's this story about me that makes me super vulnerable and then have them walk away and be like she's so fucked yeah right and 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 i i don't tell everybody like if i'm going through anxiety i will literally just walk away and, mm-hmm. and deal with it myself yeah um but at the same time i think it's such a huge thing for for people to understand when we do open up about stuff like that you are now trusted yeah it's huge because it's not easy to talk about Mm -hmm. and then telling someone and being vulnerable makes me anxious yeah i don't want to feel these emotions (laughs) voluntarily i'm not like let me put myself in this situation that i'm now like my palms are sweating i'm thinking every fucking thought in the world which is interesting because you're doing a podcast so like right like this (laughs) intent yes this is voluntarily you're opening opening yourself up to like people's personal interpretation of who you are yeah and then that's scary too like I get nervous all the time about doing podcasts but I think one of the best things that I found at least for me is that I've I'm continuing to choose people that I'm comfortable talking to yeah about specific things or certain things or whatever um and it's it's helping with the knowledge that like my anxiety isn't controlling me all Mm -hmm. the time yeah um so in a weird way podcast is very therapeutic yes huge um i i think i think one of the things that um will will always uh, <laughs> i don't want to say frustrate me but i think it 
it does for me mm-hmm. and i know that's that's going to sound horrible as a person who deals with <laughs> mental health um but I, I i want to understand what you think would help people understand emotional intelligence and like what ma- like to to make it easier to like grasp you know like i i, I asked you earlier to explain it to a three-year-old which mm-hmm. makes sense yeah but you know sometimes adults don't understand that yeah yeah which not to make excuses makes it very hard when you're an adult because you've conditioned yourselves in in such a way that you're not paying attention or being considerate of other people yeah what would help people be more emotionally intelligent hmm did i write anything on this let's see let's see if i wrote some notes what would help people okay what would help make people more emotionally intelligent or what would make them more like considerate of people i mean now both Okay, so if you're a person that really cares and wants to become more emotionally intelligent, I think the biggest, maybe the first best step, and it, it, I think a lot of people miss this step, and this is what um, doesn't allow you to be emotionally intelligent for very long, is y- you really need to journal. Because oh. if you journal, you're, you're reading your thoughts and you're hearing the different frustrations coming in into words yeah and you're seeing what's triggering you and what's not triggering you and um sometimes you sometimes as a female you're just going through pms and you know you notice oh my god every time this month i'm feeling this way okay i'm not crazy it's just my hormonal imbalance yeah right um okay well at this point in time this person said this to me why do I feel upset here? Let yeah. me just think about that. And I think journaling is the biggest thing for people that really want to be emotionally intelligent. If you're not good at keeping daily inventory in your own head, yeah. journaling is the best way to do that because you can reflect and reread your thoughts and um, find your emotions. There's even people that go as far as to creating um, an emotion chart in their journal. Oh, wow. So they'll write... Uh, be very specific and list the emotions that they're feeling that day yeah um and then they'll read how their day went so yeah. what in that day made me feel this way um and it emotionally emotional intelligence really starts from identifying the emotions in yourself um because if you can identify oh this this situation that i'm in right now i know if this conversation keeps going I'm going to freak out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if you're able to recognize that, then you can regulate yourself and um, control your behavior to not freak out. Right. Um, so I think that's a big step is journaling because you can learn to recognize. Yeah. And then once you learn to recognize your emotions, you can learn um, to figure out almost like, um, what is it? Not cues, but create your get out get out of jail card you know like you know when you're supposed to step out of this or what you have to do to get pull yourself back yeah from the situation um so journaling is a big one uh reflecting is a big one so those two come hand in hand um and confronting your flaws is also a big one i feel like a lot of people are in denial of their own um imperfections their own imperfections and what they lack yeah and not being able to admit what they lack yeah you know um 
that's a big thing um, in becoming emotionally intelligent. And also that helps you become a bit more understanding of other people because you understand that you're weak in some areas. So that person might be weak in that area, yeah. you know? Yeah. And relating yourself to experiences in the world will help you understand. I think not enough people are trying to relate to other people. They're just trying to press their own agenda yes. on other people. Yes. So that would help with being emotionally <laughs> intelligent, I guess, is um, trying to relate to people more. Yeah, like listen to understand and not to respond type yes. of thing. Listen to understand, not to respond. And to speak with people and not at people. Yeah. Right? Sometimes we find friends who... They have so, they're so excited to talk about something. They're like, oh my God, did you hear about this? Da, da, yeah. da, da, da. And you're like, oh, cool. And then you start asking questions and they don't have the answers because really they weren't wanting to have a conversation. They just wanted to tell you about it. And you're like, yeah. okay, well, that was useless for me because now I have all these questions yeah, and now yeah. I have to do the research myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a conversation. Thank <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> so that's why sometimes too, like now at this age, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like I don't know anything. Yeah. Oh my God, yes. Right? I'm like completely new. Yeah, like I don't know anything. It's almost like I'm experiencing life for the first time again. Yes. Um, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's great. And so I am very um, careful about what I talk about to people. Yes. Because um, I'm not Google. I don't know all the answers. I don't have the answers. Like even prepping for this podcast, right? I was telling you, I'm like, I'm not going to start pulling theories out of a textbook because I'm not a psychologist that practices these theories enough right. to bear the responsibility of somebody hearing this and yeah. then diagnosing themselves with what I just yeah. said. Oh, right. Because it came from a textbook. Right. Yeah. So I think that's the other thing too. We're missing the aspect of responsibility and accountability, which also helps with emotional emotional intelligence because if you can take accountability for the things you're doing, yeah, then you can control your emotion, yeah, um, in that sense. But like you know yeah. what you're doing, yeah, yeah, in a way, like kind of that helps, <laughs> and it helps with anxiety too. Yeah, I think with just being okay with not knowing things. Yeah, yeah, that's and, huge, and admitting it, like. I don't know if you have any friends in your life, but sometimes I'll have people that I'm talking about something, and then you look at them and like, do you know what I'm talking about? They're like, yeah, yeah. but they don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're yeah. like, okay, yeah. never mind. <laughs> and then you continue the conversation, and they're like, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, never mind. I'm over it. I mean, I do. I, I will admit though, I have this weird tendency. Like Chris hates it because I'll agree to things so quickly, and he's uh. just like, do you actually know what I'm talking about? And I'm like, no. <laughs> No, I have no idea. I just said yes because I'm pretty sure I knew what you were going to say. And then I responded because I'm not really listening. So, like, let's go back. Yeah. Rewind a little bit. Um, No, but I I completely agree that uh, it's it's funny because my... I remember when I started with my therapist now, Mm -hmm. she's a huge advocate on journaling. Mm -hmm. And she's just like... And it's it's an interesting um, program because... Uh, I can text her. Oh, nice. So it's it's just kind of like, I'm feeling whatever. Right. And she's just like, journal it. <laughs> Write it down. And I'm like, why now? <laughs> I don't want to do it now. So like every time I feel anything, that's always her response. She's like, if you journal it, we can go back later. I'll read it. Yeah. You know, we can work through it. And yeah. I'm like, but I'm feeling it now. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know what to do now. And she's like, well, because you have high emotions now. You're clearly yeah. not thinking right and when you look back on it later 
we can talk about mm-hmm. it. You can be like, oh my god. And it also, the nice thing about journaling, or I've heard, I think Jada's mom on Red Table Talk, she records herself. Yes, voice recording. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's just nice to hear it back because, like, my therapist and a lot of people, like you said, right? You, you are in a state of high emotion. Mm-hmm. Your brain isn't thinking. Mm-hmm. So now you're, you know, everything that you're feeling is accentuated. Yeah. And when you look back on it, you're like, really? I didn't have to feel like 110% <laughs> of like everything that's happening right now to me is so important. Yeah. Right? And then you laugh about it and then you learn later too, like when that emotion comes up again or that situation comes up again, you can self-regulate. Yeah. And I think that's, a, that's such a huge, I think that's a really important term that a lot of people don't understand is I, I think people misconstrue it as push your feelings down and then respond accordingly yeah that is not it no right when you self-regulate you let yourself feel it yeah but respond at a later date yeah <laughs> like you let yourself you're just like hold on one yeah. second like let I'll me be right breathe back. for a second and like <laughs> scream out loud yeah. and i'll be i'll be right there with you yeah. so i i think that's that's the thing that a lot of people i hope would be more educated on mm-hmm because, you know, we're in the, like you said, in a society where we're so scared of feeling bad things. Yeah. So feeling everything isn't bad. Mm-mm. But responding to everything. Yes. It kind of is. Yeah. And feeling like you need to respond to everything. Yeah. You don't. No. Honestly. Stop commenting on everything on Instagram. No one cares. It's not that serious all the no. time. No. <laughs> and that's like... That's just the world we live in, right? Like, high policing. Everybody's just policing everybody, so nobody wants to, like, make any mistakes. But, like, so going through a lot of workshops that I've been going through, because, like, being in COVID, there was so many things happening virtually that you could tune into, um, paid workshops that you can take on and all that kind of stuff. Because my end goal is to be in counseling, Mm -hmm. I also needed to learn how to navigate through people's anxieties and what makes them tick and and what is okay and what isn't okay yeah um and so one of uh, my mentors was like you need to learn how to fail forward oh cool right like fuck up so that you can see that mistake and then learn from it and move forward with I love it that. and some people don't take that time to fail i don't think enough people are allowing themselves to fail at yeah. something yes um one of those people <laughs> I'm that same way too, right? Like, oh, no, I know my boundary. I know what I can excel at. And yeah. that's where I'm going to yeah, stay. Yeah, I'm going to stop. Which is great, but sometimes there are things that you can, small little things that you can do that scare you to just do it and yeah. see what happens. Or something brand new to do. And it could be anything. Um, like some people like to work out, right? Maybe do a different workout that day that you've never tried. Yeah. Um, try a dance class you've never tried. It's great to know your... your um, your lane but it's also good to try new things and expose yourself to new things and to fail at those things so you learn what you are good at and what you're not good at you need to have the two polarities in your life to know what you like yeah right because if you only just go through what you like and don't know what you don't like like that doesn't make any sense yeah i just don't feel like you would be a well-rounded person in that kind of sense so no yeah i don't feel like people fail enough make enough mistakes or allow themselves to make mistakes yeah too um we all just want to be like as comfortable as possible which yeah 
which is very ironic that COVID happened because it really pushed everybody out of their comfort oh, zone, yeah. right? And so, oh, like, yeah. people were freaking out, but I think I, I'm in, in co- during COVID, there's a lot of people that are being pessimistic about it. Like, this is going to be horrible for the economy. Yes, great. It's going to be horrible for anxiety. It's horrible for people in relationships and da da da. And yeah. you're like, but honestly, it was like the breath of fresh air we needed. We needed yeah. a pause. We needed to be uncomfortable because I feel like too many people were comfortable. Yeah. Too many people are making way too much money. Yeah. You know, and yeah. excelling so far. Um, buying houses, getting this, getting that, getting all the instant gratification they wanted, getting yeah. all the material things they wanted. Um, and then everything was halted and you're like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> what do I do? What do I do now? Yeah. So yeah failing forward was like a big lesson i learned for sure i love that that's so big yeah but it's good like it and it journaling is amazing and i don't think enough people do it yeah or even just like if you're not a journal type of person just like yeah voice record yourself yeah yeah anything but journaling is good and i think maybe what gives people anxiety is like i don't know how to journal i don't know how to write down what i feel yeah yeah so you're like i'm the type of person when i started journaling was writing point form like yeah bullet fucking every thought yeah and then you you start to get good at it and you write things but yeah that's something that's very important especially when you get to a certain point in time and you've experienced enough things you should write stuff down yeah yeah or even you know like you said reflecting and then the pa- I think the pause is the biggest takeaway from that is just that you know when when we journal we take time for ourselves it's a very focused this is me time mm-hmm. I'm writing down how I'm feeling what I'm thinking and I think if, if you're really not comfortable yet or mm-hmm. ever doing that yeah for yourself I think pausing even at the end of the or like when you're you know doing things to distract yourself you yeah. know maybe stop doing that for a minute mm-hmm. and then just think how was my day today yeah you know and then tell yourself my day was actually pretty shit yeah or i loved it today mm-hmm. and then move on like you yeah. you know we're not asking for like this giant speech <laughs> yeah. of, to yourself like you're not doing a monologue mm-hmm. right you just kind of want to check in because i think that's one of the things that a lot of people miss is that we have such a caregiver tendency and mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize that they do that mm-hmm. because our culture kind of expects that yeah like you have to be there for people yeah um so then when you start doing it too much for other people you forget about yourself yeah you don't even remember to do it for yourself anymore and it feels weird when you start that's why journaling is weird sometimes because now you're taking the time for yourself and you're like this is weird (laughs) yeah i don't want to do this um i'm gonna cut this off for right now (laughs) and then just like part to it because this is how long has it been? It's it's been like a, an hour and twenty two oh. minutes, so it's not too bad. But we'll uh, I'll come back with Liza uh, for part two because um, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot, and I love that. Like, there's just so much. I knew I told her like way ahead of time. I was like, dude, this is gonna take forever. Yeah, like, we're gonna be talking forever. Um, so I'll uh, we'll see you guys for part two. Okay, bye. <laughs>